0: Well, welcome to Emmanuel. How are you doing today? I am very excited to be with you here today because today we are wrapping up our five-week series called Adulting, it's the last installment. How many of you guys have enjoyed this series? Good stuff. Heard a lot of positive feedback and a lot of people said to me, man, this is what I needed to hear. It's been like a kick in the rear. And, and that's, that's kind of the way the series has been, you know, it's been a tough series. And every now and then, you know, you need somebody to come alongside and just give you a kick in the rear end, don't you? Yeah. Okay. In love, of course. And that's what we've tried to do in the series. Like, hey, come on, let's go. Let's go. It's time to grow up and so hopefully uh, this series has been a blessing to you and if you're joining us for the first time as a guest we welcome you give it up for our first time guests all across all of our campuses thank you for joining us welcome to Banta Franklin welcome to our online campus everyone joining us uh, uh, via the internet we appreciate you tuning in and of course everyone welcome here at Greenwood as well so week number five adulting this series has been very very simple all we've said is that just because time goes by doesn't mean that we grow up Right? A decade goes by, two decades go by. It doesn't mean people actually adult, do they? Like, we all know people in their 40s and 50s, they're still acting like they did when they were, what, in their early 20s. You know anybody like this? Are you sitting next to anybody like this, right? And so there's people in our lives uh, that, that, that struggle to uh, mature and become an adult. And then there's people in our lives that we know that, like, in their late teens, early 20s, and they're incredibly mature. It's, and, and, and what do we say about these people? We say, they are wise beyond their years as if time had something to do with it right see it's not about time it's about the choices that we make the choices that we make are the things that grow us up you are who you are and you are where you are because of the choices that you and I have made and so all this series has been about is what are those choices what are the, what does it look like week number one we talked about the choice to face reality like adults refuse to live in what Denial, okay, somebody said the past, that's true. But week number one, adults refuse to live in denial. They face reality, and then, and then week number two, we talked about the choice to take 100% responsibility. Adults simply choose to stop blame shifting, right? It's your fault, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Adults simply say, you know what, the condition of my life is my responsibility. And so that was week number two. That was a tough one. Yeah, I really really drilled in hard on that. Then week number three, we talked about the choice to pay the price. Adults simply do what they have to do every single day. They get comfortable being uncomfortable. Okay, there were two of you there for week number three. That's great. That's awesome. They are comfortable being uncomfortable. Right, and that's what adults simply do. They do stuff every single day. They pay the price. Uh, in order to grow up, and lastly, we talked about seeking wisdom. We said wisdom isn't knowledge; wisdom is the application of knowledge. And if you want it, you have to seek after it. It's not just going to come to you because you go through an experience or because time goes by. It's something that you have to seek. So hopefully, you've been putting this stuff into practice, and you're starting to adult. Anybody adulting out there? Anyone? It's a slow process. I understand. <laughs> Today, we're talking about week number five. Okay, so get your pens out. We're going to get to work really quick. We got a lot of ground to cover. Number five, the fifth choice adults choose to say it with me a positive attitude. Come on, a little bit more participation all across all of our campuses. A positive attitude. That's what adults choose. It is a choice, you know. I tell my kids all the time I got three kids 16, 14, 13. You think we have attitude issues <laughs> in our home? <laughs> I tell my kids all the time, attitude is a choice. It's up to you. You decide what kind of mood you're going to be in today. People don't like to hear that today. They like to say, well, the reason I'm in a mood right now is because, you fill in the blank. I had a bad day at work. I didn't get the raise. I didn't get promoted. I was overlooked. My girlfriend cheated on me. My boyfriend's being a jerk. (laughs) My spouse is being a jerk. The weather, and we always have a reason for the bad mood that we're in, don't we? We like that, because if we have a reason, then we're what? It's not my responsibility, see? But at the end of the day, you and I have responsibility for our attitudes. We get to choose what it is. I remember uh, I talked to you guys in, in week number one about a guy named Viktor Frankl, and he was in a concentration camp during World War II, and, and he was a Jewish guy, and, and, and he was basically uh, being, he's going to be put to death in a concentration camp. And he was walking around, he writes about this in his book in Man's Search for Meaning, he, he was walking around a concentration camp one day and he noticed that people were not just broken on the outside, they, they surely were. They were emaciated, they were, they were dying physically, they weren't eating, they were being worked to death, but they were also broken on the inside. And and Viktor Frankl just simply noticed that he didn't have to be broken on the inside. Like, they can do things to him on the outside. They can control his food and his environment and his freedom, but they couldn't get inside of him. Only he could be be there. That was his sacred space. In his book, he writes this. He says, the one thing you cannot take away from me, talking to us Nazi captors, is the way I choose to respond to what you do to me. Watch this. The last of one's freedom is to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance and so he chose his attitude in the midst of a nazi death camp a concentration camp attitude is in the end my choice you know we come into this world as little kids babies actually and we struggle with attitude don't we we don't get our way, and, and, and a lot of us, you know, we go through the terrible twos, and this is, this is, you know, par for the course, right? That's you, that's me. If you've got kids, grandkids, that's what they do. A lot of time, look at this little guy down here. He's like, what's going on? <laughs> Why is he crying? He's going to be crying in a few minutes too, but I mean, it's just the way it goes. We come into this world, and we have very little control over our emotions, and by the way, that's what attitude is. Attitude is an emotional state. That's what it is. It's the way you feel on the inside. And little kids, they, they, they struggle to control with what they're feeling. And that's why a lot of kids, they, they little, little kids, they, they can't cover up what they're feeling with their face. Like adults are a little bit better with this, right? But they can't, they can't control it. You can see it on their face, how they feel. It just comes right out. And that's why kids say the darndest things. Have you ever noticed this? Grandkids, kids, Like, don't say that. <laughs> but they say it because that's what, they're, that's what they're feeling and they can't cover it up and they can't control it. And, and it's supposed to get better as we get older. Like We're supposed to be able to control our emotions as adults, but... There, are, there aren't many adults who can do that very well. Have you noticed? The other day I walked into a bank and I was trying to, uh, you know, open up a couple of accounts and I couldn't be there for the actual meeting, so I had to sign a document that said I couldn't be there for the meeting, but it was okay for my wife to do it. And I walk in and this gentleman hadn't, didn't know what I was talking about, didn't know what this piece of paper was, and his boss wasn't there, and he got all huffy with me. Probably a 28-year-old guy, 29-year-old guy, and I'm like, I can't believe that this guy's getting huffy with me. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what piece of paper. I've never seen that. My boss isn't in right now. He's at lunch. It's like, dude, I just need to sign a piece of paper. Like, I can't make the meeting. Where is it? I didn't get huffy with him. He got huffy with me. And I almost said, dude, you know what I'm talking about on Sunday? You were talking about attitude. You need to get your butt in church because right now, that thing you got going on right there, it's all negative. (laughs) Like, I'm here to give you money and you're getting huffy with me. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't say that because I controlled my attitude because I'm adulting. Man, you think it's a kid thing? It's not a kid thing. It's an athlete. It's an adult thing. It's a. It's a, it's an athlete thing. You watch the a, the athletes these days. I mean, they you know foul called on them, and they go over to the, Look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, refs. And it's like, dude, just get back on defense. Shut up. <laughs> Man athletes doctors lawyers bad attitudes doesn't matter teachers bad attitudes not everybody not everybody some some, some have adulted but just because time has gone by and so you're in your 40s doesn't mean you got this whole attitude thing wrapped up you don't a lot of adults don't here's what here's why it's so important that we talk about this today because a bad attitude will ruin your life it absolutely will ruin your life It'll stop you from moving forward in your career. It'll, it'll, it could destroy your marriage. It could destroy your relationship with your son and your daughter. The, the very things that you hold precious in your life can be ruined by a negative, toxic attitude. Whether that's a cynical attitude, whether that's a, a woe is me attitude, whether it's I don't care attitude, whether it's nothing ever works out for me attitude, everybody's against me attitude, or maybe it's a prideful, arrogant attitude. I saw something the other day that Kanye West said. He's worth quoting. Some of you get a kicked out of this. Uh, Kanye said, I'm doing pretty well as far as geniuses go. I'm like a machine. I'm a robot. You can't offend a robot. I'm going down as a legend whether you like it or not. I am the new Jim Morrison. I am the new Kirk Cobain. The Bible has 20, 30, 40, 50 characters in it. You don't think that I would be one of the characters of today's modern Bible? A lot of attitudes out there today. Some of them are way out of line. And I'm telling you what, a bad attitude, the wrong attitude, prideful, arrogant, arrogant attitude, an insecure, hateful attitude, whatever it is, it could ruin your life. I heard it said, somebody said it this, I couldn't find out who said this, but I thought it was great. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere until you change it. True? You ever see these people on the road trying to drive with a flat tire? It's like, dude, what are you doing? You are going to break that rim and that axle and you can't go faster than 10 miles an hour. Pull over. I think the same thing when I see people with a bad attitude. I call time out, dude, pull over, fix that thing. Because it's getting all over everybody. Like, have you ever noticed that a bad attitude spreads better than a good one? Have you ever noticed that? It's like all toxic and spreads like a virus. Time out. You can't go anywhere with a bad attitude. See, Solomon knew this. Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. It's really a father to a son. It's like all this wisdom about reality and the way things work. Listen to what Solomon said in Proverbs 17, verse 22. A joyful heart, a positive attitude, a, a really, really healthy emotional state. That's what an attitude is. It's like good medicine. Son, listen, pay attention. It's going to, when you, when you have a joyful heart, when your attitude is positive, it's going to be health to your body, healing to your body. It's going to be healing to your relationships. It's going to be good for your career. It's going to be good for your marriage. But on the other end, on the other side, a crushed spirit, a broken spirit, a discouraged spirit, an anxious spirit, it dries up the bones. Now in the Hebrew, when, when, when people would use the word bones in the Hebrew language, what that would mean is it's not a reference to their skeleton, it's a reference to their overall sense of well-being. Son, a negative attitude, a discouraged spirit, a broken brokenness on the inside, is misery to your whole life. How important is attitude? Does it not determine your altitude in life? I heard it said like this, I wanna hire people who have bad attitudes, said no boss ever. <laughs> and if you're a boss or an employer of some sort and you have a business, and it, or if you're an employee inside of a business, you know how bad a negative attitude can be with one employee. Like, it can ruin the whole culture of the whole company, right? It's like, get that, even if they have the skills, even if they have the competence, even if they do the most sales, whatever it is, it's like, man, they're, they're terrible. their attitude is toxic. It'll ruin your life. It'll ruin a company. It'll ruin a marriage. It'll ruin a relationship. That's why we got to talk about this. We got to get this right. We got to adult. We got to move from childhood into adulthood. See, I believe with all my heart that if you're over the age of 21, how many of you are over the age of 21? Lots of you, lots of you. I believe if you're, over, if you're over the age of 21, not only can you drink alcohol, but you have no excuse for a bad attitude. You say, how'd you come up with that? I made it up. <laughs> I did. See, the older you get as a pastor, the more stuff you can make up. You just make it up. It's not true, but <laughs> I just figured if you could drink alcohol at 21 and you have no, no, no excuse for a bad attitude. Let me explain why I think that's true. I don't have science to prove it. but I I definitely feel like it's true. Because by the age of 21, you have come to realize something about life. It's a very simple truth. It's a profound truth. Life is difficult. Like before you're the age of 21, you're sort of naive. I think people before they're 21, I think they're living in the, they have the Disney World syndrome. You ever been to Disney World down in Florida? It's an amazing place. We went one time. We'll never go back. It's fake, it's not real, It's not real. I like real stuff, it's not real. I remember when we went there, we walk in and, and I saw this dude, he was in the flowers. He was in the flower bed, you know what he was doing? I, was, I stopped to watch him, I wanted to see what he was doing. He was in the flower, you know what he was doing? He was down on his knees, and he was picking off the dead leaves off the flowers. It's like, wow. Here's the goal at Disney, they want it to be absolutely perfect. Not a piece of trash on the floor, in fact when you walk into disney there's pillars there's these big giant pillars they paint them fresh a fresh cone of white paint every single day they don't want one fingerprint no dirt on the pillars because they want you to walk in and they want you to experience heaven on earth it's not real see before you before the age of 21 i think people are caught up in the disney syndrome everything's supposed to be great everything no one's supposed to hurt you or offend you or take from you or steal from you or abuse you or do anything like that everything's supposed to work out and so when it doesn't work out because it doesn't work out ever have you noticed anyone over 21 okay so when they're when it doesn't work out they're what they got a bad they're huffy (laughs) bad attitude Right? This is, where, this is a lot of where the bad attitudes come from. Oh, Yo, you thought it was gonna go your way. You thought it was gonna work out. You thought everything would be hunky-dory. And, 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 it, and it's not. We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. The other day, we we're at a family gathering and uh, my family's getting together. We we're talking, I think it was Father's Day or something like that. And one of my family members said, why does Kohl's cash expire? You know, it's a, good, it's a great question. And my nephew, Jack, who's, who's on, his way to 21. He's not quite there yet. He said something profound. He said, we live in a fallen world. <laughs> and I was like, there was a little bit of wisdom there, right? He's, he, he's learning that like the, the, the reason things, the reason coal's cash, which is so important, the reason that thing expires is because things don't go well. Things are messed up, and by the, by, the, by the age of 21, you should have already figured this out, that life, it doesn't work out, life is hard, life is difficulty, difficult, so why the bad attitude? You're shocked, you're still shocked. Two weeks ago, the, the, uh, uh, my wife walked down in the basement, and, and, and maybe you don't have a basement, or maybe you have some other experience like this, but she walks down in the basement, and there's carpet, and, and it goes Now, that's not a good sound on carpet, folks, right? So quickly she goes into, calls me, problem-solving mode, what's the deal? Trace it, trace it, where's the water coming from, blah, blah, Water inside of a house is not a good thing, okay? And so she traces it back, turns out uh, we call the plumber and, and, and he comes over and the, and the hose behind the, the refrigerator has busted and there's just water leaking all down the sheetrock and ruined the ceiling, ruined the wall. And so we got to call this person, that person. They've got to come out, fix the sheetrock, get the carpet up, get a blower blowing, it's a two-day event deal. Deal. This is, this is life, Water, sheetrock, <laughs> carpet, yes, <laughs> bring it, because this is how it goes, folks. What, I, I'm on the other end of the phone saying, what else is going on? Like, what else broke, you know, because, because life, life is that way. It just, and so, so I, when, when people have a bad attitude, I'm like, well, how old are you? Because hoses break and carpets get soaked and sheetrock gets messed up and people cheat and they steal and people do this and they do that and they're mean and they're, and right? What am I supposed to do at that point? Get on Facebook and say, oh, today was a terrible day. The hose broke. I'm so discouraged. The sheetrock is wet. The carpet's soaked. Did anybody else have a terrible day? Of course they did. You want to know why? Because, because their day went bad too, right? And they're on Facebook looking for somebody to listen to and nobody cares. I don't. What am I supposed to do? Have a bad attitude about the sheetrock and the hose? No, come on, that's, that's childish stuff. I'm, I'm passed 21 years old. Instead, it's like, what else happened? Tell me about the sheetrock. How much does it cost? <laughs> right? Because that's the way life goes. Right? Catherine Hepburn said it this way. Life is hard. After all, it kills you. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. There's a 100% chance you're going to die. I'm sorry to, sorry to be so discouraging today. You have a destiny with death. Okay, that's how it goes. Like, get over it. I know this sounds harsh, but this is, this is, like, this is adulting, right? It's hard to adult. A couple of months ago, I came across a book called The Road Less Traveled, and smart, really smart guy, Scott Peck. It was recommended to me by somebody really, really, I respect So I picked it up, first page, first chapter, first line of the book. Life is difficult. This is a great truth. Because once we truly see this truth, we can transcend it. We can go beyond it. We can move past it. When I read that, I thought, no, I disagree. Disagree. I I know people who would agree that life is hard, but they still have a bad attitude. They can't transcend it. They can't move past it maybe he should have wrote because once we truly see this we can transcend it I, I thought he left out the word can we there's the possibility of transcending it but then I was like no, no no I don't think I don't think he's saying that I think I'm misreading it I think what he's truly saying is once that you truly see this truth you transcend it what does that mean it means once you truly embrace the reality that life is difficult once you do that You transcend it, and the bad attitudes go away. I have a friend who's got Crohn's disease. He's 36 years old, and uh, he went in to have seven feet of his colon removed, and the operation didn't go well, and afterwards, there was a a hole in his stomach, and the stomach acid was leaking out, and the doctors couldn't fix it. Day after day after day after day. He was in the hospital for three months. I went to the hospital visit to visit him. Not a good situation. Several times he thought to himself, man, I just gotta check out. Doctors have no, no solution. Not gonna get better. He ends up getting out of the hospital. Amazingly, his wound starts to heal. I have lunch with him when he gets out, and I said, you know, just take me back. Just take me back. Like, how and, and, and what were you thinking? What helped you to get through that, 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 those moments where it was so dark you just wanted to throw in the towel and give up? And here's what he said to me. I'll never forget it. He said, I got to the point where I just said to myself, it is what it is. It is what it is. What did he mean by that? He got to the point where he could truly see that I have Crohn's disease. The operation didn't go well. I might die. It is what it is. What am I going to make life miserable for all my nurses? What am I going to do, make life miserable for my doctors? It is what it is. He had this upbeat attitude. He was positive because he got to the point where he said, this is just the way that it is. I cannot change the situation. Folks, I'm telling you, that, this, is, this is where bad attitudes come from. It, it comes from this inability to understand that life is difficult and when we don't see that, we, we, we complain, and we're like, ah, oh, I can't believe him, her, can't believe the weather, can't believe the president, can't believe those Republicans, those Democrats, can't believe, can't believe, ah! Oh, and we're just frustrated and angry at everything and everyone. You follow what I'm saying? Jesus tried, he, Jesus tried to help us. Listen to what he said in John 16. In this world, you will have, say it with me, trouble. Like, why are you shocked? Like, how old are you? Like, are you, are you past 21? Have you read this verse? Have you heard? Life is hard. There's trouble. There's difficulty. People are selfish. They're prideful. They're mean. They hurt you. Get over it. That's tough. I know that's tough. That's not fun. You come here and you hear that from your preacher. <laughs> Don't you want to be encouraged? <laughs> Say something funny. Say something positive. I can't because we got to deal. We got to deal with, what it, with, with reality. You know what I really think the, the, the source of a bad attitude is? I think the real source of a bad attitude is not just the Disneyland syndrome, it's also bad interpretation. Here's what I mean in your notes there. A bad attitude is the result of a bad interpretation. Here's what I mean by that. Bad interpretation of input. What is input? Input are events and information. That's how, that's how it comes to it. We hear about a new shooting at a school or, or, or our spouse cheats on us or, or some event takes place, some information comes in, and then we interpret that information and the result is an emotional state. We give that, We give the information or we give the event meaning, oh man, see... Look, look, the world's coming apart. You know, I, I, I don't think God is good. That's an emotional state based on information, based on an event. Oh, my, my spouse has cheated on me or whatever, and, and now I, I'm not, I must be unlovable, I must be worthless, I must not have value. So that's an emotional state. That's a, that's an attitude, that's a condition based on an interpretation of an event or information that comes into my life. Here's how it looks in your notes input events and information come in plus my interpretation the meaning that I give those events equals my attitude or my emotional state this is how it works you think about your attitude the the attitude that you have right now it's based on the interpretation of the information that's come to you today or yesterday or the event that took place last week the way you the meaning that you gave it has created your emotional state Your attitude. John Milton, the author of Paradise Lost, said it this way. He said, the mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven. What does that mean? That means that you and I have the ability to turn an incredibly heavenly experience into a hellish one by the meaning we give it, or we have the ability to take a hellish situation and interpret it differently and create a heaven out of it. So you follow what I'm saying? The Stoic philosopher Ep- Epictetus said it this way. People are not disturbed by things, events, or information, but by the view they take of them. It's my interpretation of what happens to me that determines my attitude. You with me, yes or no? This is where, this is where we get our attitudes from. How many of you know who Nicky, Nick V is? I can't say his last name. Nick B, Short guy. No legs, no arms. Here's a picture of him. Have you seen him? Have you seen a YouTube video of him? He's 36 years old. He's been to 63 countries. He's spoken to 16 prime ministers and presidents. He's spoken to over 500 million people, and he's 36 years old. He now speaks to governments about how they treat people who have disabilities. His recent trip to I can't remember what country it was, and I can't remember what government it was. He was talking to them because they were killing little children with disabilities. He goes in there, he speaks to the government officials, they repent, they're weeping, and they change their laws. Amazing. At 10 years old, he thought he had no life, no arms, no legs, meant to him, his interpretation was no meaning and no purpose. So he tried to commit suicide at 10 years old. Can you imagine? Sixteen ounces of water, he just fell over and tried to drown himself. When he was in the water, he said, this is his own testimony, he said he thought of his mom and his dad and his brother weeping at his funeral, and he, he quickly changed his mind. And he started to lean into his mom and dad. He calls them his heroes. His mom and dad began to tell him, Nick, Nick here's the deal, you can be angry about what you don't have, or you can be thankful for what you do. And they kept telling him over and over and over, you can be angry for what you don't have, Nick, or you can be thankful for what you do. And what, what he started to do was reinterpret the no arms and no legs deal. And he started to understand it in a, in a different way because his mom and dad gave him a different interpretation. And he stepped into the purpose for his life. Listen, folks, if he continues to speak to people the way he is right now, he will speak to more people about Jesus Christ than Billy Graham. That's incredible perspective. It's not the things that happen to us that disturb us. It's the view that we take of them. Yes or no? So what I want to do for you today is give you three perspectives, three filters that I personally use. This isn't a sermon I'm going to give you. This is what I personally do every single day to interpret events and information such that my attitude is positive, joyful, and upbeat. Because as a pastor, you know, I can't be discouraged. See? Can you imagine if I'm discouraged and angry and upset and insecure and prideful and arrogant, right? That's not going to work out in my position. (laughs) I have to be hopeful and joyful and happy and encouraging to people. and, And so I have to figure this stuff out. So here's what I figured out. I need three filters. Number one, God is in control. Information, events come into my life. I say, time out. God is in control in this situation. And immediately my emotional state starts to settle down. Jesus taught it this way in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 10. What is the price of two sparrows? He's talking to his disciples. They're fearful for their life. They're being threatened. What's the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? Huh. It's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. What does that mean? Jesus is saying a little sparrow is insignificant, yet A sparrow doesn't pass away, it doesn't die, it doesn't fall to the ground without your father knowing it. In other words, your heavenly father has intimate information about every living being on the planet, including you. In other words, nothing touches your life that is negative that hasn't first passed through his hands. Do you remember the situation with God and Job and Satan? Satan, in order to afflict Job, what did Satan have to do? He had to go to God and say, God, here's what I'd like to do to Satan. Here's what I'd like to do to Job. And God said, you can do it, just don't kill him. Satan had to get permission from God in order to afflict Job. Nothing touches your life that hasn't first passed through God's hands. Jesus continues and he says, and the very hairs on your head are numbered. Why, what does he say that for? Intimate knowledge God has of you. Therefore, because God is in total control, don't be, say it with me, don't be afraid. Don't let your emotional state get plunged into discouragement and despair and fear. Don't be afraid. Watch this. Because you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. (laughs) I think Jesus was being funny there. It would have been better if he said more valuable than a whole handful of diamonds. Wouldn't that make you feel better? (laughs) God is in control. So what does that look like practically? We'll look at Psalm 112, verse 7. They will have no fear of information, bad news, events. Oh, did you hear about it? Is there another deal? Did you, did you hear this event, this, this crash, this shooting, this, de- this deal? You hear what she did, what he did? They will have no fear of bad news. Why? Because their hearts are steadfast. Their emotional state, their internal state is steadfast. How? They were trusting in God. He is in control. This is not a sermon, folks. This is a way of life. Number two, God is with you. Not only is he in control, he's with you. What does that mean? The God who created the heavens and the earth is right there next to you, inside of you by his spirit if you're his child. Psalm chapter 23 verse 4 says it this way. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no what evil. And every single one of us will go through the valley of the shadow of death. Every single one of us will go through pain and loss. Every single one of us will go through difficulty. Life is difficult. Well, how do I, have, how do I fight off fear in the valley? He says, listen, for you are, say it with me, with me. It's the presence of God that... That guards my heart against fear and despair in my life. Because your rod and your staff, that's what a shepherd would would carry. A rod and a staff to guide and protect the sheep. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The author of Hebrews says it this way. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Folks, can you imagine if you woke up every day and you said, today I'm going to interpret all of the events and all the information that comes into my life through the lens of the fact that God is with me he has said he'll never leave me and he will never forsake me what do you think that's going to do to your attitude you think you'd maintain a joyful optimistic hopeful attitude yes or no like this isn't a sermon guys I promise you this is a way this is a path to experiencing or having the ability to experience a positive attitude God is in control God is with you let me give you this last one God has a plan he's got a plan in other words, God is doing something in this information, in this event. There's something that he's doing. You may not know what it is right now. I may not know what it is right now, but he is doing something. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, the apostle Paul is describing this, this situation. He doesn't exactly say what it is, but it was so bad that they thought they were going to die. They thought that this was the last day on earth. Like, boys, we're, we won't be here tomorrow. Listen to what he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Indeed, we felt as if we had received the sentence of death. Goodbye, boys. But this happened. Isn't that what we ask? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why is this happening to me? Paul gives us the reason. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. There's a reason. Why is this happening? There's a purpose. God is doing something. In John chapter 9, Jesus' disciples come to him and they say, Jesus, this man who's born blind, who sinned that he's born blind? Was it his parents or was it him? Jesus says, no, 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 it wasn't his parents and it wasn't him. See, here's the deal. This man was born blind so that the works of God could be revealed to the world. And Jesus healed him. There's a purpose. There's a reason. God has a plan for the pain. When uh, Nick V showed up on the Oprah life class show. I, I don't know what it's called, but Oprah does this life class thing. I don't know if she still does it or not. But she had Rick Warren up there, Purpose Driven Life. You guys know who Rick Warren is? And, and she was up there on stage and Nick was in the audience and they were talking, the theme for the day was the hand that you're dealt. How do you, how do you deal the, with the hand that, because every God gives every one of us a hand, Right. And so it comes to the fifth card, and they have all five cards behind Oprah and Rick Warren. You can watch it on YouTube. Nick is in the audience, and he hops out and walks, hobbles, hops up the stairs, and he's on stage with Oprah, and he's standing there, and Oprah's looking at him, and he's preaching. Pretty pretty much he's given given a talk and talking about Romans 8.28, and he's talking about his attitude. He's talking about how, how he's able to, you know, do what he does, and he's quoting Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. I mean, he's just, and then somehow attitude comes up, and this is what he said to Oprah's face and to Rick Warren's face. He said, you want to know why I'm so happy, content, and filled with joy? Okay, first of all, you shouldn't be happy. You shouldn't be content and be filled with joy. You have no arms and you have no legs, right? That's what most of us would probably say. You wanna know why I'm so happy, content, and filled with joy? It's knowing that no matter what five cards come into my life, my heavenly father owns all the chips. And that's something. You can watch it on YouTube, check it out. What is he saying? He said, I know that my God is in control. I know that he's with me and I know that he has a plan. And, and, And Nick is living out that plan. Every single day he's writing books, he's speaking to students in schools, he's speaking to governors, he's speaking to to presidents and prime ministers. He's he's changing the laws in in our world because he changed his interpretation of the events and the information, the hand that he was dealt. Listen, if a guy with no arms and no legs can have a positive attitude, where does that leave us? It's kind of convicting, don't you think? Like, I have no excuse at all for a negative attitude. And neither do you. I love what Mary Engelbright said. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, Nick, Nick V., if you, if you can't put arms on yourself, if you can't put legs on yourself, like, if you, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, then what? What are we talking about? Then change the way you what? about it this will adult you i promise you this this is life changing stuff i i can't change it then change the way you think about it because it's your interpretation of the events and the information that's creating the bad attitude in your life and that bad attitude in your life if not adjusted will ruin your life it'll prevent you from living the life that god has created for you i don't want that for you as your pastor and i don't want it for myself it's a choice. Will you choose to interpret it through the lens. God is in control. He is with me and he's got a plan. I promise you, you'll see results. Now, there's some of you here today and you're watching online that you can't leverage those three principles because you're not a child of God. We, second song we just sang today, I'm a child of God. Some of you can't say that because you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So you can't say that God is with you. You can't You can't leverage the reality that he's in control because you you trust him, because you you haven't. You can't leverage the principle that he's got a plan for your life because you're not living with him. Well, you can. You can step into a relationship with God. You can become a child of God, a son or a daughter of God. How? By placing your faith in Jesus Christ. See, Jesus came to this earth to die on a cross and he rose again three days later, not just to take you to heaven when you die, but to to give you a certain quality of life right now. It's called abundant life. It's a life filled with purpose and meaning. It's a life filled with joy. It's a life filled with inner strength so that no matter what the circumstances are, you can have a positive attitude. You say, is heaven included when we die? Yeah, it's included. Of course it is. He washes us of our sins cleanses us makes us his child when we die we go to heaven but right now (laughs) right now there's joy available if you become his child will you step into a relationship with God today by faith I'm going to say a simple prayer of faith you can take these words and make them your own and become a child of God and begin leveraging these incredible principles I just shared with you from the scriptures will you close your eyes and bow your head if you feel led in this moment whether you're watching online or one of our campuses Step into this moment right now. If you feel that tug on your heart, that's God saying, yes, this is for you. This is for you right now. Take this step. Trust me. Say this to God. He's listening. Jesus, today I trust you. I put my life in your hands. I believe you died on the cross to remove the barrier. To wash away my sin. And I believe you rose again to conquer that penalty. I believe you paid the price that I should have paid. You paid the penalty that I should have paid because you loved me. And so right now, I I ask you to be my savior. I put my faith in you as my God. And from this day forward Jesus help me. Help me to realize that you're in control. Not a sparrow falls to the ground without your father knowing it. Help me to realize your presence in my life, that you're with me every step. And help me to live out your plan for my life. My purpose. Jesus, I trust you. I pray this in your precious name. Everybody said, amen. Can we give God glory for what he's doing? People are coming into the kingdom. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says when one person puts their faith in Jesus, there is rejoicing in heaven. So can we rejoice again, guys? Come on, nice and loud. Amen. For those of you who put faith in Christ, Here's the deal. If you put faith in Christ today, our church would love to put a one-year Bible, a New Testament in your hands to get you started in a relationship with God. We talk to God through prayer and he talks to us primarily through the written word. Does he talk to us in different ways? Yeah. He talks to us through leadings. He talks to us through other people. He talks to us through preachers like me sometimes. But the primary way that God talks to us is through his written word, so that's why we're passionate about getting one of these in your hands. There's tables back in the back of the auditorium, whatever campus you're at. If you pray to receive Christ today online, you can put your, there's a box there that says, I trusted Christ. You can check that and you can also put your address there. We'll send one of these to you in the mail. We are passionate about you getting into the word of God and beginning to read it and memorize it. We believe God speaks to you that way. One more time guys, are you excited? Here's my challenge, here's my challenge. Your attitude is a choice. What is it? It is a choice. Come on, say it with me. It's a choice, right? It's it's rooted in your interpretation of events and reality. So interpret what happens to you through these lenses. God is in control, he's with you, and he's got a plan. And you see if it doesn't change your emotional state. Fair, fair challenge? Will you pray with me? God, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, how are you using Nick V in this world to bring hope, to bring meaning to teenagers all across our world and countries and laws. God, you're using him to change laws, that's crazy. Thank you. Thank you that when he tried to take his life, you you gave him that image of his parents crying and his little brother crying. Thank you for clarifying his purpose in this world. God, I thank you for not giving him arms and legs so that he could do the very things that you created him to do. Father, help us to interpret all of the things that are happening in our lives through that lens. Help us to make the difference that you've created us to make. May our attitudes be joyful hopeful, optimistic, encouraging, believing, filled with faith so that we can be your hands and feet in this world. We love you so much. We thank you. It's in Christ's hand we pray. Amen. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bring a friend.